This is an interview with Chris and Emily. They were looking for a home in Florida and they were not getting the answers they were looking for when they first asked some folks in the real estate industry about their potential to be first time home buyers. They felt the usual things, fear, confusion, irrelevance, and overall cluelessness mixed in with their enthusiasm to make this dream happen for them. Well, let's hear how they got the answers and how they got it done. Hey, everybody, another exciting episode. It's your favorite type of episode, the one where I don't talk so much. This is Chris and Emily, and they bought their first house. Say hi, guys. Hey. Hey, uh... (laughs) So tell everybody, where did you buy your home? So we purchased a home in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Fantastic. Home of Dodger Spring Training. My dad would want to make sure I told you that. So (laughs) for everyone out there who's going through the home buying process right now, tell us, when did you close on the home? Because people say 2021 and 2022 is the craziest time to ever buy a house. 2021, so December 23rd. Right before Christmas. Did you guys move in right away? We didn't move right in, but we did sleep in the house as soon as we possibly could. <laughs> did you uh, really? And whatnot and just shuffled in and got a good night's rest and got to digest what just happened. That is so awesome. Yeah, we you know, did. That's um, so funny. I just got some of my clients the other day and they weren't sure about their closing date because I tell everyone to make sure that the closing date's fluid. And they ended up just meeting me there when I gave them the keys and they brought blankets with their four-year-old and had this a slumber party on the on and got pizza delivered and just hung out in a big empty house. Yep, that's kind of what we did. Yeah, it was similar. We did it a few different times when we were working here. We had like a whole little sleeping bag set up that we would lounge on when we were over here working because the rest of the house was empty. But we didn't fully move in for like three to four weeks after. We had like a nice little overlap with our rent. I mean, we're going to jump all around because every time you say something that I think, oh my gosh, this can help people. So you had an overlap. I've done a bunch of episodes where I say the closing car, the closing date is fluid. You guys closed like you must have been the last thing that the title and they did before they bailed. Yes, the last overlap was crucial for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think they closed their office at 2 p.m. and our closing signing was at like 11 in the morning. So, yeah, it was intense, (laughs) but we did it. And everybody on our team made it happen. They wanted to make it happen before Christmas, before the end of the year for sure. And we picked the 23rd and they stuck with it. That's awesome. And then having the three or four weeks, even though you're in a situation where you own a home and you're paying for it and you own your property or you're renting your place to where you're at, unless you're living at home or whatever, but that overlap was something you would recommend. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. Because yeah. it allows you to get in and do a couple small renovations before you actually are in the house. So you still treat it like a project until you can fully live in it. And then it's a lot more comfortable once you get in. Yeah. And it's so much easier to paint when there's nothing in the house and there's so much easier to rip up carpet and lay down flooring when you're not trying to shuffle furniture all around. And so we were able to do some kind of baseline things. And I almost wish we had a little bit more overlap. The three or four weeks went by really, really fast, but it was definitely a nice breathing room for us. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So Let's go back to the beginning here. When did you guys start planning and thinking about potentially buying? Oh, they're giggling already. What? Tell me. There was absolutely no plan. 
Well, <laughs> there was no plan. <laughs> so we had a discussion and jump in if you want to, but yeah. we had a discussion one day where we were like, okay, it's October. Our lease is up in January. They're going to raise our rent a little bit, a decent amount, nothing wild, but enough. And we were like, should we buy a house? And I think three days later, we were pre-approved. And four days later, or maybe a week after we were pre-approved, we had an offer in on a house and it was accepted and we were under contract. So it happened really, really fast for us. Whoa. Yeah. That's insane. I tell people, share the podcast to your friends like the day after they sign their new lease, because that gives us time to set up because I find people that find me with three months left, like for you guys. And I'm like, I'll try. I hope. So, okay. So how did the podcast come in the mix for you guys? So we just decided like, okay, we're going to seriously explore this. We have, cause we had to give like 60 days notice on our lease. So we really yeah. only had like four weeks or something. And we're like, if we're going to do this, let's dive in. And like, how do we find out as much as we can about buying a house from other sources other than our parents who are wonderful, but we're like, how do we just dig more in? And so we love podcasts. So we just literally did a simple search on the podcast app, found you, listened to like three or four hours of it straight <laughs> on a Sunday, went to one open house. And then two days later on Tuesday, we were pre-approved for a mortgage. And then we just were like listening to episodes throughout the whole process, even if it was stuff we had already done or been through, because we were like, knowledge is power. So let's just listen to any of them that we can that relate to us or don't. And yeah, here we are. <laughs> okay. I'm still, the time frame is blowing me away. So then when did you guys reach out to me? Oh, that was, that was like after two podcasts. And there was, you would have thought the Pope wrote back to her because <laughs> it was like, we were in the parking lot going to get like our glasses tightened or something. Oh, yeah. And she's like, he just wrote back ecstatic. And it was like, you know, it was almost like it was then real. There was a lot of things that felt more real. Versus us just trying to dive into the deep end and trying to consume and digest everything that was going on. But you made it, I mean, you just gave us this nice little trail to follow. Couldn't be happier with it. Yeah. And we reached out to you to find a realtor. So what we did was we were like, well, we want to be as like educated and organized and like pushing the process forward as much as we can. So on the Sunday that we listened to you, I think I reached out like maybe not that day, but we went to an open house and we met a realtor and we had listened to your podcast and we realized like, yeah, this actually, it was good to go to the open house, but this realtor would not be one that we would want to work with and didn't seem like wanted to work with us. And so we were like, this is exactly what he's talking about. However, she did give us our mortgage broker's information who we adore. And that's where I was like, let's get pre-approved first. And then it happened so fast. We knew our budget. And then we're like, well, now we need a realtor. And that's when I'm like, I'm just going to reach out to him. We only started listening like two days ago, but I'm just going to see what happens. Worst case scenario, he doesn't answer. But what if he does? And you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's cool because the people I've known out there in Florida, I've known for years. So that was easy for me. I was like, oh, here you go. Bam. Rock on. <laughs> yeah. Like people always say to me, how can you tell people like, oh, you know, don't go to an open house and just think that's a great person. Cause then they'll be like, Hey dummy, don't you do open houses? And I'm like, well, yeah, but what I'm saying is what are the odds? It's like, when people say, I absolutely a million percent want to buy only foreclosures. I'm like, cool. That's 0.3% of the market right now. 
what are the odds that the 0.3% house that shows up is exactly the one that's going to work for all your criteria? Just like, what are the odds that that one realtor is exactly the right one for you? So yeah, absolutely. For us, it was just like validity of what you were saying in the podcast where we were kind of like, yeah, this is what he's talking about without saying anything negative necessarily about that realtor. We just were like, okay, we kind of saw when we said like, oh, we're first time home buyers. We're just looking. And it was kind of like, okay. like. Yeah. But it was kind of funny because as soon as we got pre-approved, the email followed from that original realtor and she was ready to go. And it's like, okay, well, now we already yeah. have something else. We already started this process. It wasn't it was, even right after we got pre-approved. It was like a week later. And we were uh, like, we're basically already under contract. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a great point. I will real quickly explain to everyone what they just, the real life thing that, you know, it's Chris and Emily basically are showing you the insider of how it works. People at an open house, they're just waiting to talk to people who are pre-approved. That's what they're thinking about. Instead of understanding, hey, I just like started this Sunday. Can you help me figure out how this whole process works? Their mindset is come on in, shove them off to the lender. If the lender comes back and says, these people have money, then I'll bother wasting my time with them. And so, okay, so this is great. I appreciate, and I really hope everyone got the most out of the unicorn part about that. Now tell us about the whole process because you guys went monster fast. What were the things <laughs> yeah. like, what was the stuff that, was there anything that surprised you? Were there pitfalls? Was there anything that you thought was easier than you thought it could have been or that you were scared of that wasn't that scary? I feel like when you look it up a mountain, right? You your first time buying a home. and But like when you're just kind of navigating it, it, things just fall into place. And there's a, you have a good support. I think and that was the biggest thing is having a good realtor, having a good lender, and just having them tell you what to look out for, how to get through this process. And it was just, it was almost giving us like mini milestones just to keep the thing going. And we were just so eager to do it because we had a very small window to do it in if we were going to do it with the 60-day notice in at terminating our lease. We were like, all right, we got to do this quick. So I think there's a lot that you should take on yourself. Emily put together a list of all the houses. I mean, I was getting bombarded with notifications on my phone because she just kept adding through Zillow and everything like that. And we handed it off to our realtor. She arranged everything and we would just go through and each night check off what we liked and what we didn't. And I mean, we were seeing three, four houses a day. Oh yeah. Definitely. Bare minimum. And we were going every single day. I mean, through the weekend and everything. So we knew that the everything that we looked at originally was pending a day later. So it was like, we have to figure this out. We have to hit it as soon as the, it comes on the market because the inventory is definitely a little upside right now. So, but it was, uh, it was, exhilarating to say the least. I think that that's the only way I can really put that into it. It was a wild ride. It was wild. I think what, for me, I was surprised how fast and for us easy of a process it was to get pre-approved. I was very surprised. I was trying to be really realistic and think like, well, they're only going to approve us for X. And so let's, let's look on that end and be conservative. And then when we got the pre-approval, I kind of expected there to be like a catch almost where it was like, well, you're pre-approved for this, but then when push comes to shove, like we're not actually going to give you that or whatever. And it didn't, it was never like that. And yes, there was a lot of paperwork and a lot of gathering of information, but we weren't expected to know it. So if you can answer a question that someone asks you, you're good. Like the mortgage broker was like, 
just sending over what they needed. And then we just would provide it. And so as long as you just kind of follow along with what they were saying, I thought that was way easier than, than I expected, which is I personally, why I didn't buy a house before I thought the getting pre-approved was like this massive thing. And like, I was, I could never have enough in the bank for anyone to be willing to lend us money or me money. And so I was so scared of that. And for me, so that was so much easier than I ever expected. It was like, I, like I said, and we reached out on a Monday morning and he came back to us on Tuesday morning and we were pre-approved and there was no catch. I mean, like they, we were like, are you sure you dug? Like, did you, you (laughs) found everything that you wanted to look at? Let's double check our social security numbers here. Let's just make sure that we're on you know? (laughs) And, and we didn't have anything hiding, but we just were afraid that he was going to come back at some point and be like, just kidding. We're giving you $150,000 less than what we originally said. So for me, that process was way easier than I expected. I always say this in my interviews. So I want to bottle that last part and just put it up and like, just like have that be a mini podcast that just goes out and just falls into people's ears when they're walking down the street. Just like that whole concept of getting into it understanding and then realizing, oh my gosh, if someone had just told me about this earlier, it could have been something you could have been, but it is what it is. We find each other when we find each other. Uh, And you obviously are people of action (laughs) considering how quickly you worked. Not to mention the fact that I just finished an episode on practical positivity because it's hard in 2022 to buy a home, but you didn't say hectic or you said it was exhilarating. Yes. Yeah. Most of the people I talked to was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and you're yeah. like, it's exhilarating. It was fun. <laughs> you know, it's that it kind happens. of positive attitude. But I think, I think it was, you brought on a couple of great points. Number one, everyone out there. Yeah. If you go to an open house, maybe a realtor is going to talk to you a little bit, but they're not going to give you the breakdown. Fortunately, this realtor saying to a mortgage broker who helped you understand. I tell people all the time, I feel with an 800 credit score that won't get their credit checked when they're about to sign another lease at $3,000 a month, because I don't want the hard pull on my credit. It's three points and 760 is the top credit score for the thing. And if you just did that with a mortgage broker, he might go, dude, with 5% down, I can get you a house at $2,800 a month instead of $3,000 a month. So that lesson is huge, but gosh, everyone go back, hit rewind. What the way you guys talked about the teamwork. That's awesome. That's what you have to do as couples. Like you look here, you look there. I tell people all the time, it's like, how much Netflix do you watch? Awesome. For the next three months, your Netflix is the MLS. When you come home, that's what you do. You know, I wasn't scrolling through Instagram. I was scrolling through Zillow. Nice. (laughs) Yes, I know. I said it before on the podcast. If you haven't gone to YouTube and looked at SNL during the pandemic, Saturday Night Live did Zillow porn. It was like, instead of people looking at porn sites, they were bored and pandemic at home. And they were like, oh, Zillow. It's great. It's great that that teamwork was it. You guys seem pretty organized. I don't recommend everyone try the way that they did it. I don't recommend putting in your 60 day notice. <laughs> Yeah. It's tough out there, but you it guys, it, it was certainly methodical. We were, cause we were, I mean, we would go through and I think that she's go, go, go. And I'm like, I want to say, yes, just let me think about it. Let me think about it. But she drags me and that's fine. And, and it works for us. 
But it, yeah, obviously take a full assessment, a full inventory of what's going on. Because I think that's what we did. I think we sat down one night and it was like a two hour conversation. And it was like, all right, I'm committed and let's do this. And from there, it was just, again, I want to say a blur. It's like almost like everything on the side of me, well, I couldn't even observe. It was just, we were just laser focused on trying to achieve this goal. And we weren't going to let anything stop us. And it was just one of those things where everything, like I said, fell into place and there's bumps in the roads. And like the, when we were looking at some of the inventory, it was like, oh boy, <laughs> like I'm optimistic in things that I can help and fix. But like, I was like, I don't know about that. Like that, <laughs> that smell is never coming out. That yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we had some, I almost wish we had like brought a GoPro or something because yeah. we had some really interesting <laughs> things and just the way that we both approach situations and our realtor just kind of like sitting back like assessing and then afterwards she have the comments about how the she just kind of observed what we would do sometimes in the house and she would have funny we had a really good laughs and stuff yeah but yeah it's something I've learned a long time ago because I'm not handy at all is like I walk in and I'm like oh my god and then the the person that I'm bringing in is like, oh, I can fix this up. It'll be great. And I'm like, really? Okay, okay cool. So that was, yeah, that was us and our realtor. She's like, I want move-in ready. Like, I do not see anything if it's not move-in ready. And we're the opposite. And so we'd walk into these like terrible things and, and I'm extremely positive. So everything I said was just, I was like, oh, this is really quaint. Or like, we could do this or we could do that. Or it was always with multiple steps of like knocking down a wall or this or that. But she's like, you see the potential in every house. And I'm like, well, we're going to make it work no matter what. Like we, nothing really, I don't know, scares us or is going to slow us down. But there definitely were a few where we were like, yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) I have vision. I don't have a bulldozer. So (laughs) yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Any tips or tricks or things that you learned? Or like I said, any was there anything super scary? Anything that freaked you out? I mean, if it wasn't, that's great. It's a nice, happy ending. But I just want to be able to just see if there's anything that people out there who have know nothing about the process. You gave a great, some great information already that getting a, approval for a loan was a lot easier than you thought. Was there anything else? Yeah. I mean, I think that like as a team, right? I think everybody has to kind of chip in and do something. And when your realtor is trying to go to bat for you, especially if you're a first time home buyer, do your due diligence, put together your list, provide that list to them. So they're not trying to guess in the dark. They can just bring you to where you need to be. And you'd be surprised how much more efficient that is and how much more motivated they stay when they're able to just hop in the car and buzz around and hit four or five houses and just knock them down and just be like, all right, we got those off our list or these are promising, or let's take the night to assess it. And then the next morning back, looking at more houses while we're still processing the ones from days prior. But yeah, it's move quick, but it's also like you can't just lean into your realtor and have them do everything. There's a lot you have to do on your end. Yeah, I think we kind of drove the ship a little bit without stepping on anyone's toes, but it really is a partnership. I mean, it's we're buying the house. So yes, they have the expertise and the knowledge and the connections with those people. But at the same time, we weren't looking to just relinquish. Oh, we froze. Okay, hi, it's me, it's David, and apparently our new homeowners didn't check the internet connection in the new home because it just dropped out. (laughs) If you're listening to this, that was an abrupt stop. If you're watching this on YouTube, you got a nice frozen screen. That's what I saw. It's all good. We got lots of information there, and I wanted to share it with you as soon as I could, so I just decided to take this wonderful frozen video and goofy audio and stick it up out there for everyone to hear. The basics we heard 
are the exciting things. That's all we need to know. They did it. They did it. I'll tell you guys all the time. You can do this. They did it. And the crazy thing is they pulled it off in just 60 days and they didn't go homeless or have to put their things in storage and couch surf at their friends' places. That's unbelievable, especially in this impossible market. I mean, that is crazy. Now, do I recommend this strategy? No, no, I do not. Only if you're as crazy, and I say that in a good way. My wife gets mad at me all the time because I say weird and crazy, and I mean that in a good way. Can't imagine why. But the only way you can pull this off is if you are as wonderfully methodical and as psycho-organized and enthusiastic as Chris and Emily were. I mean, you heard how they handled when they were confronted with the turmoil that can be the part of any first-time homebuyer process. There were a ton of great things in there, but the biggest one that I heard, now there were a lot of great tips in there, but the biggest one that I heard was their understanding of the process and that they knew that they needed a plan because they were doing it without a plan and not getting the right results. And when they got their unicorn team and they got a plan, they pulled off this 60-day miracle two days before Christmas. It was a 48-hour pre-Christmas miracle. Not an easy time to have all the stars align when you want to close on a home. I talked about it in the interview with them. Yeah, good luck finding title and county clerk people to be really excited about working late on the 23rd. Now, they mentioned having the overlap between the last day of their rental and the closing of the home. I explained the finances of this in episode 87 on closings. I really, really want you to listen to that if you don't understand, because I highly recommend that you do this. All the math is explained in the closing of episode 87, but really, if you can avoid trying to move on the same day, this is not like an apartment. You're out on the 31st and then in at the other place and you don't have anything in between. These will cross over and financially it's cool to do, but especially if you're trying to do this around a holiday or pretty much any time. I highly recommend that you do what they did with the overlap. Closings are fluid, and those extra days or even weeks, they take this stressful life moment, and they make it much, much easier. Moving is considered to be the third most stressful thing in your life, only behind weddings and kids. Now, I'm still not sure if they mean the pregnancy or the childbirth or, I don't know, having teenage kids. I can attest to that one. I'm kidding, kids. You're wonderful. Another cool thing they said was that Emily said that the ride was wild. And did you notice? Then Chris said it was exhilarating. Now, if you're lucky enough to be doing this with a partner, buying a home, I mean, what else you're doing with your partner? I don't know. That's on you guys. You do you. This can be a great lesson for you. Lean into your partner's strengths. Figure out what are the things that they do well? How do they handle things well? And then lean into that. And then they'll lean into you for the things that you do. So whatever it is, if one of you handles the math, then the other one handles the wants and the needs for the home, right? And if one of you manages the stress, well, then the other one of you handles the meditation and relaxation exercises that you guys need to do. Get together, lean into your superpowers, and then you get organized and get prepared for whatever the market can throw at you. Now, I know what you're thinking. There are single people out there that are mad at me. No, 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 don't. Ah. I'm not saying you need a partner for that. <laughs> Trust me, I love the single people buying homes. Single ladies are the fastest growing sector first-time home buyers. So if you're out there then and you're thinking about doing it, kudos to you, first of all. I don't need no man. I don't need no ring. 
I feel you, ladies. That's where your unicorn is for. You've got the unicorns, the yin to your yang. They can act as your advisor, your guide, and quite often your therapist. It happens. I've been a therapist to many a single buyer. And you always have the podcast to drop the truth bombs and give you a dose of reality or a pep talk backed with facts and math to make you feel confident in your decisions. So take a lesson from Chris and Emily. Substitute your social media scrolling time with real estate app scrolling. I know it's not quite as sexy, but you never know. And don't forget to look at the sold homes when you're looking at those apps. That's going to give you a real gauge on pricing, not just the active list prices. Solds give you the real data. You will be happy to know that after this recording, they are so settled and so happy in their new home, besides, of course, their crappy internet, that we had an hour-long conversation about what to do next. Like many of you, with housing being so expensive these days, once you figure it out and you get it done, they immediately start thinking about the future because you don't want to have to figure out how to do that all again. You want to use your house to leverage into the next things of your life. In our discussion, they were so inspired at the ease of the process. And remember, it was easy because they were prepared and a little bit because they were expecting it to be really bad. But they were so inspired by the, the ease of the process that they realized that with the proper guides in place in the future, that they're thinking about right now trying to own more than one home at a time. They want to do that at some point in their lifetime. They want to have a place to live, and then they want to have a rental property for security. So we discussed their options for pulling that off while keeping an eye on, you know, how to afford their forever home, which is their big goal, because this isn't it. This was a step up. It's a tricky balance, but by already planning with trusted resources, we found then numerous options. So, and my girl, Madison, uh, she's podcast famous here from episode 53. She is all over me to do a podcast about what to do the year after you buy a home because she just figured out a whole bunch of stuff about her home warranty, which she didn't know, which means she really wasn't listening to me at one point. Love you, Madison. But like right before she went, she went, wait, I had a microwave for two months. And I could have got this done. Yeah, it's called your home warranty. But no, I'll put that on me. I should have told her about it. Like every week, apparently, I should have told her about it. But don't worry. I'll take this stuff from Chris and Emily and Madison and a whole bunch of my buyers who have closed. And we'll put together a episode on what to do after you buy a home. Once again, practicing my practical positivity that you will do this. So what we learned today, it takes a team. It takes a realtor with a split personality to be able to do multiple different things for you. It takes the right attitude from you and planning and organization to make this wild ride and in an interview with me from your very own home. Of course, that's until the internet goes out and then the interview's over. So follow How to Buy a Home on TikTok, David Sedoni on Instagram, How to Buy a Home podcast on YouTube, and keep getting tips and hacks for your plan. The sooner you start the plan, the better options you will have to make this happen for you. I don't recommend you try to do it like they did in 60 days. That's nuts. But the good news is that for some of you, if you're ready, it could work out and you could end up being another success story like Chris and Emily. Plan to work and then work the plan. And then you can do this.